Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. What up, High Fivers? This is your boy, High Five Tom, and I've got my very, very, very good friend, uh, the Okerland Podcast nominated uh, Will here on the other side of the country. Yeah, I know it's just an audio podcast, but yeah, that, that's you, Will. So, wow. nominated for your first Oakland Award. I haven't confirmed with the Brain Buster Boys. This is, in fact, true. Damn. I mean, maybe, maybe was I nominated because I was so brave in saying I didn't think that uh, Death Before Dishonor was that good? Oof. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like... <laughs> I was like, Will, we, we haven't watched it yet. No, not that Death Before Dishonored, the most recent Death Before Dishonored. And then I was thinking, I'm like, wow, the band, I mean, they are pretty angry, pretty tough dudes, so I don't know if I'd tell them that, but but yes, this year, 2022, Death Before Dishonored. Um, yeah, I mean, they're they're fully aware of this fact, so that was taken into consideration, so. Sorry, I, I'd like to offer up for consideration, Tom. Uh, I've been plugging do a powerbomb for a while now. Yeah. There's three issues out already, so people should be getting on that if they haven't already. Now you can kind of you can create a couple issues. You have a little bit to, to read up on. Um, but I want to take a moment to shout out my friend Josh Olson, who does uh, Gimmick Press, has some wrestling-related books out on there. He shared that he picked up a copy of this little number here from Parts Unknown, edited by Jack Beckdell. Um, it's put out by the Daily Drunk Press. Um, I picked this up on Amazon for like three bucks, and it's been a fun little read. The short pieces, little bite-sized things. You know, keep it by the nightstand. Read a couple little pieces before you go to bed. That's it. It's three bucks. Um, Will, do you have a good link for that? I can send you one. Yeah, if you want to send it here in our in that little that little chat thing here that is in the. Oh, um, when you get okay. a chance, yeah, we'll see if my my computer. I we'll see if my computer can handle doing that. Um, the other yet. thing I'll take a moment to plug is I haven't gone to my local shop to pre-order it yet, but there's a one-shot wrestling comic coming out uh, towards the end of September. Um, I believe it's called. Hold on. I'm going to credit this properly because, again, uh, my friend Josh sent me the hookup on this. Uh, this I don't want to get the name right. But yeah, I'll get you the link to uh, from Parts Unknown. And this other piece coming up soon is called Hell is a Squared Circle. Um, That's going to be a one-shot issue comic uh, coming out, I believe, it's September 20th. Nice. So it's available for pre-sale at uh, some shops online, or if you've got a local comic shop, you know, go and give them the business. They can order it for you. Hmm. Interesting. So big fan of wrestling, big fan of books, too. Yeah, I mean, you you are a, a multi-talented man, so. Um... You know, sometimes I eat my sandwich with my right hand, sometimes I eat it with the left hand, Tom. You know, it's just 
you just got to be ready for whatever life throws at you. Well, well, when it comes to sandwiches, the better question is, do you eat the crust first or do you eat it last? That, that wholly is based on, is my sandwich cut? Because if I have an uncut sandwich and I have the whole damn bread there, obviously you got to eat the crust first. Because you're going to have to bite it when you're going in. Right. If I'm if I'm eating a sandwich that's cut in half, I would still yes, say yes because I typically go at a corner first. I don't I don't go like straight in the center. I start at the side and like work over. So the crust always is eaten first. Yeah, I'm I'm a crust first always, no matter how it is. So, um, yeah, I mean, other than that, and uh, Will, I know you had an eventual leak, but. Uh, last week, I did not even mention, because I'm a fucking dick, uh, that ICW Milwaukee had two amazing shows, August 19th and August 21st, and you can read reviews on these on WinnieCityPodcast.net uh, whenever I get them fucking written. Sorry, Mike. Uh, but yeah, I just want to show it. Yeah, two great shows, and we were back at La Pica, uh, so um, for the first time, so that's where Chad and Diesel and I met. Uh, so I just want to show because I actually got to see Chad and Diesel in person. And we also recorded the remainder of our Ring of Honor unauthorized. Um, yeah, so we were back at the world famous Lapeak Lounge number three. Uh, it was a great time, great show. Uh, yeah, if anyone gets a chance to have dysfunction, you can buy the raw footage from. But uh, yeah, it was a good time, and I completely forgot to shout that out on my my things I did last week. So, uh, brother Net, will you had a little bit of a eventful week a little bit, huh? Look at a nice little chat bar we can get on the side here. Wait, what? Hold on. There you go. This uh, this anthology is new. This came out August 14th. So this nice. is still very new. You know, two weeks old. I found out about it and bought a copy right away. Like I said, put nice short pieces, quick read. You know, I wouldn't say you necessarily, I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this, you probably are a wrestling fan, but, you know, this isn't like, uh, you know, EBSCO hosts, peer-reviewed journalism kind of reading. It's light. It's fun. It's about pro wrestling. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I'd say the most eventful part of my week is, uh, I don't think we brought it up on air, but I'm going to a concert as we're recording tomorrow night, so it was this past Thursday yeah. when the episode comes up. Um, so still check the internet and see if the Rolo Tomasi, Cryptodira, and Callus Dowboys tour is coming to a stop near you. Um, Actually, but... they are coming to the Midwest. Yeah, they're playing, because they're, I saw they're playing as close to Chicago. I mean, I'm not going to be able to make it, but is that a place I never heard of? Beats Kitchen. I don't know what that is, but yeah, so I'm I'm a little nervous because I gave myself uh, second degree burns on my feet uh, last Thursday. So I will not be in the pit for said show. Uh, definitely gonna have to try to get you know some nice uh, border spot where I'm at the front, all the way to a side. You say you say that now, but sometimes that music starts playing, you forget things. So. Oh, listen! If somebody steps on my foot, I'm gonna knock them out. So, <laughs> um, so what's the name of the second band? Uh, 
Cryptodira. You have any idea what that means? They've brought it up before. It's got something to do with turtles, I think. It's like the 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 like the genome or something like that. Whatever. Cool. Are you looking it up? I'm throwing it in Google just in case. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now too. So I know this is spectacular podcasting. It's what we do. You know? Yeah, it's a suborder of these things that include tortoises and turtles. That's cool. So it was a cool name. They used to have some uh, merch signs that kind of like their logo used to have kind of like a turtle y kind of thing incorporated into like the vowels. But uh, it's going to be a very mathy show. The, the mm. Callus Dow boys are very mathy, techy. Uh, Cryptodira is as well. And Bro Tomasi coming over from England to uh, do a run of shows over here. And then uh, I guess while we're talking about this, I'll shout out. My friends in Cryptodira because it's uh tickets are on sale now. If you're overseas, they will be hitting uh the UK and Europe with between the Buried and me and Hawkin. Hmm. Yeah, I really gotta check out some of the stuff. So I did buy listen to that. did I tell you I bought the whole um drive by Bukaki? You did. Have you listened to any of it yet? No, I haven't gotten that far yet, so I haven't even downloaded. I mean, it's still on my band camp yet, so but I do um I know this is kind of a segue. Uh, my friend Trent, uh, who I had on last week you, uh, on the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup, and we went over a preview for uh, the AAW Destination Chicago show, uh, which I will be attending tomorrow, uh, well, which will be two days after this is released, um, with my better half. But uh, Trent and his band is in a band called Hemi, um, and I downloaded his whole discography, their whole discography, and dude, he did. They did an awesome cover for a Motorhead tribute song of "Death Forever," and Trent's lead singer and fucking killed it. Um, great track. So throw out to Trent. Um, yeah, and he's also a bass player. So maybe your boy High Five Tom, uh, you know, for turns to to slap in the bass. It's only been about twenty eight fucking years. Uh, so I think I might need to. You know, I bought a skateboard, and I'm gonna, you know, I got a fucking bass guitar, so. Might as well be fucking nineteen ninety five all over. Or actually, nineteen ninety three all over again. Hey, you know, could you could have a worse midlife crisis? What's that? Oh, said you could have a worse midlife crisis. Ah, uh, dude, I had my midlife crisis like five, ten years ago, so I'm way past that stage already. So, this is just trying to improve my life. I mean, it's actually, I had a pretty nasty digger that I had on my skateboard the other day. Um, second one so far. So, turns out they don't like rolling over rocks. So. Yeah, I no, yeah, no, they don't usually. Yeah, I busted my jaw in the fucking concrete, and my mouth hurt for a while. So, yeah, you're gonna jack up. You're gonna jack up those braces. I know. So, um, yeah, I should probably get a helmet, and some knee pads one of these days. But, meh. so yeah. and also I said that while the wife's not here. So hopefully she doesn't listen to this. So, but yeah. So yeah, tomorrow's are actually well. I'm ever recording tomorrow, but. Uh, as this releases two days ago, uh, Destination Chicago, um, highlighted by the first time the Impact World Championship is being defended in an AAW ring with Josh Alexander takes on Masha Slamovich. Not that I'm fucking stoked for that match, but I am. It's going to be lit. Yeah, so 
And uh, yeah, your boy will be sitting there front row, so I'll be all over High Squatch TV, sitting next to my friend Jack and his uh, better half Mary. So we'll be hard camera side. So if anyone's watching, so and then will uh, the day before this drops and two days from now, uh, we are going to see Jaws in the IMAX. Very nice. I have not seen that movie probably since before my wife was born. Um, and I'm pretty fucking excited about it. So is that something that you're doing in Chicago? What's it? Are you doing that in Chicago or are you doing that back? Uh... No, it's back in Milwaukee. So yeah, we're just going down. We're not even spending a night. So I got a friend. I'm driving my uh my buddy Zach, one half of Country Air, um, and a couple other wrestlers. Not sure who's going down. Uh, so we're going down pretty early, and then we are gonna hit uh the Asian market. So I'm gonna buy some bocce sweat, um, or it's more commonly referred to as Bukhari sweat, but. Uh, and then I am taking Faith out to congratulate her on her new position um, at our favorite Indonesian restaurant down there. So I always forget geographically that like you're only like an hour from Chicago. So it's like I mean it's I mean well it's about seventy five miles, but depending on traffic, I mean yeah, you get down there relatively quick. So you know it's like the only thing we're close to. So I mean I'm I'm in the area where it's like oh, I'm just gonna go to Boston. I only have to go another half mile. It's got 45 minutes. Yeah, so. But yeah. What these the people, Tom, speaking of 45 minutes, Tom, that's probably the length of an episode of uh, Ring of Honor TV. It's pretty close. Pretty close. And now that your honor club's watching, you're able to watch them. I, I am. It's a... Uh, I get to watch such riveting things like uh, cage hostility that we have coming up in a couple weeks. Have you watched it already? So I watched it. I watched about half of it because I was look. I was checking the dates because I didn't remember if we had said last week we're having TV and the event or not. I'm like, oh, these dates are pretty close, so I'll just I'll start watching this. So I know the results because I looked it up on Cage Match because there was one match in the middle. I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? I had no idea. I'm like, I looked it up. I still don't know who the fuck these guys are. <laughs> so there was that. So like, I read down the card. So you know, the first half it's, it's been okay. Definitely not the worst extra live event we're gonna have to sit through. Probably not the best, but serviceable. Was it better than Battle in the Carolinas? It was better than Battle in the Carolinas. Wow. Better, better than Showdown in the Sun. Well, yeah, but I mean, Showdown in the Sun wasn't in North Carolina. I figured Cage Dustil he wasn't Charlotte, so. Huh? What's uh? Is there a cage? There is a cage match in there, obviously, right? Oh, it's uh, there Scott, is. It's Rose uh, and Brett, right? Yes. Shelton Shelton Benjamin's on the card. As a solo? No. It's a tag team. Because after... Because Shelton was suspended through... It was like the start of September. Yeah. So when this event happens, his suspension is... Oh. But in the kayfabe timeline, it's still... It was too late for him to be in the tag tournament. Man. 
But before you're in the Ring of Honor TV, Tom, do we want to talk about our question of dishonor? Yes, and real quick, I do want to shout out our boy Brundon. Um, yeah, Brundon did uh, do an awesome job of roasting our mutual friend, Mr. Shining Wizards, Tony. Um, a great roast overall. So shout out to our good friend, Mr. Mike Peterson. You know, also Ryan Schlong. And uh, the Dr. Danny Rusinello showed up, so... Um, yeah, it was it was, awesome. it was a great time. I mean, I would say, I would say the jokes weren't necessarily for everyone. There, there was definitely some that were a little. I mean, I laughed. Don't get me wrong, I laughed, but I'm not saying I feel good about myself. For a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Will. My wire popped out of my braces a couple days ago, so that's why I'm. Yeah, Tom. People wouldn't have known you were playing playing in your mouth, but now now people know. Yeah, but I mean, whatever. I mean, we're an open book, but um, yeah, but it was for their 600 episode. Um, you know, it was a great time. We had a lot of fun, sir. So, I mean, I enjoyed listening to it. So, but yeah, but I mean, Brunden is, but uh, Brunden's question of dishonor for the week of whatever week this is. I had it typed up here is. Uh, what is your favorite faction all time and Ring of Honor? Um, so I got three. So I picked a all time Ring of Honor and all time in general, and then I picked one from 2012 and then one all time. So, um, Will, outside of Ring of Honor, what's your favorite faction of all time? First, yeah, outside of Ring of Honor, I would say my favorite faction probably Lij. Oh, nice. I mean, Bullet Club's got its things, too. But if you're talking about New Japan, like, I, I like a lot of pieces of suzuki Goon, but they never really feel like a group, mm. if that makes sense. It's just kind of like Minoru Suzuki and, like, his chosen few. I feel like LIJ is kind of seen as kind of more of like a unit. Yeah. And maybe it's just because there's fewer of them than there is a Suzuki one, I think. Yeah. And now, I mean, Zack Sabre Jr. really wants to go for singles gold. So Dangerous Techers probably be in tag league, but also probably take kind of a back seat if we're going to see uh, Zack push for some singles gold in New Japan. I hope so, man. That guy's so fucking good. Um, so I'd say out, outside, I will go with uh, LIJ. Wow, I went like a completely different timeline, and I'm definitely going to show my age here. Um, and this is kind of ironic, considering I was a, you know, more of a, a WWF kid, guy, kid as growing up, even through the wars. But I mean, it's tough to say no to the Four Horsemen. I mean, they are the the gold standard of factions. Um, you you know, cut me off before I can make a three count joke. Um. Uh. But yeah, listen, I definitely go, I mean, you know, and the funny thing is I, I, my babysitter had cable so I could see some TBS, uh, but most of the Four Horsemen's career, I read about magazines without actually seeing it. Um, you know, Arn and Tully are probably two of my favorite tag team wrestlers of all time. Um, you know, so yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, the Four Horsemen. What is your favorite Ring of Honor faction of all time? I've got to go with the Foundation. 
Yeah, I mean, I was also. I mean, it was they're kind of connected, but the I thought the righteous were a really interesting group as well. And we'll see other. You know, there's going to be other factions like um, Young Blood, right? That was the name of the group that like Tracy Williams and was it called Young Blood? You know what I'm talking about, right? Like Tracy Williams, Gresham. I want to say Alex Shelley's. Oh, not talking about Catchpoint, are you? There was a faction. We'll get there. Eventually, we will get there. Yeah, it might be a couple of years. Um, I mean, the foundation, I mean, I mean, how can you not? I'm sorry, I didn't even think of it. I mean, I thought of it, but yeah. No, um, I've, I've got to go to the foundation. I mean, I've I bought all the shirts, you know, I was hook, line, and sinker. I was big, big into the foundation with the, the restart of Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um, and for me, like I said, I mean, obviously there's there's Bullet Club, uh, especially when turning to Villain Club. Um, don't cancel me because I was a Marty Skrull fan. It is what it is. Um, but I also went a lot more contemporary, uh, but I went with Sharon Taylor Promotions. Shane Taylor. I don't know if I want to say rest in peace, Shane Taylor promotions, because they're all kind of scattered about, but. I know Shane Taylor's wrestling a lot. It's not anywhere on TV yet. No, a lot of lot of indie stuff in Texas. He's got a lot of belts. That's awesome. Um, we got cons on Ring of Honor, AEW. Moses is doing stuff in uh, MCW, I believe it is. Yeah. And I'll I'll tell you speaking of Khan, so Tony Khan, if you ever actually start Ring of Honor and Shane Taylor is not a huge part of it, I'm done. That's all I'm gonna say. I mean we've discussed this, but you know I'm I'm impressed you're I'm I'm done already and he hasn't even started yet. Yeah, I mean I am not, but I am not I'm not optimistic. You know, cue up that Daniel Bryan soundbite for me to say fickle, 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 but I'm I have not seen enough to warrant hope yeah at all. what this ring of honor program is going to look like yeah no, i mean if it even happens at this point i mean it just it's probably going to go so long without actually happening it's just like no we got the library it's fine yeah so but that's a rant for another time um but will do you have a 2012 um faction that you were a fan of. I have a feeling we might probably pick the same, although after this TV episode, I'm a little less of a fan, but I mean, there's not a whole lot of factions. If we're treating a faction as being obviously more than a tag team. Right. I mean, really, we've got Scum, and we've got the House of Truth. So, I mean, I mean I, yeah, the, well, I mean, the embassy was just one wrestler and 15 managers. Yeah. So, I mean, that does that really count as a faction? I mean, Mia Yim's wrestling, or she yeah. wrestled. She had a match. Yeah. You could say there's two rest. You could say there's two wrestlers there. Yeah. Less. But uh, scum. Yeah. It's, it's, it's obviously scum. Yeah. It's um. Because yeah. them and House of they really are the only factions that are that are there. Everybody else is a tag team or a singles, so Yeah. Um 
I mean, I'm Scubs the answer, unless I'm a, a little less leery after this episode, but that might be a good segue, Will. How you doing, Sunshine? Made it home safely. I'm glad. So, Sunshine made it home safely. Happy to hear it. She's very excited for wrestling tomorrow. Very excited. Are you very excited? Are those homegrown tomatoes? There are homegrown tomatoes. Ours or theirs? Theirs. Oh. We just had a plethora of them, and I'm like, oh, I'll take them. That's a good call. You have two cats that want some tomatoes too. So, well, um, let's tell you what, I had some. I had some farmers market corn today. It's farmers market every Wednesday, right outside my apartment. Mm. Farmers market, farmers market corn just hits different. Shit's so good. I know. This sucks because we can't eat can our corn on the cob for another year and a half. At least not corn off the cob. Right, you can cut it off the cob, right? Yeah, it's just not the same. Yes, it's it's not the same. I know it's not, but you know. It's... And I mean, I know there's so many farmers markets around here too. They're just in weird hours, and we always fucking forget. And by we, I mean me. So, I mean, none of the ones around me are like the one that like Matt goes to, where there's like food trucks and shit like that there, but. Yeah, we've got one down the street Saturday morning. It's a Saturday morning, and that's our sleeping time. So the the one in Salem, New Hampshire, they do it year round because they have the greenhouse. They have people do stuff inside. They have like knife sharpeners and like stuff like that come in. So like, that's neat. There's no like pizza trucks rolling up. Yeah. Did I ever tell you I wanted to um thought about doing a grilled cheese truck? No. What would you name it? I don't know. I didn't get that far. I want to do a biscuit and gravy truck too, but the other guy I want to do that with died, so died. That kind of idea died with that, so yeah. I'll keep that in mind. Noah, Tom, grilled cheese, food truck. Yeah, because my uh, my last full my last full winter of Sunday Fun Day in Stanley. Um, yeah, we did like a choose your or not choose your own adventure. Um, like a grilled cheese bar so you can do all kinds of different grilled cheese and everything so you pick your bread you pick your cheese you pick your toppings yeah bam and that kitchen fucking hated me for that let me tell you oh i'm sure they did but they were very well compensated by yours truly so um so yeah i guess it's not much of a segue but speaking of ring honor tv and scum will um but we we yeah, I mean, we, we called it last week when we said, uh, who's going to fill that spot? Well, and by maybe, maybe it's scum. Well, and by we, mean you, but uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, real quick, shout out to Brundon. Thank you for the question of dishonor. Hopefully we did it justice. Um, you know, so follow our boy, the Irish misfit. misfit. Um, I should probably post his links, but uh, Brundon's a good man. So, and he's been he, a regular he, day, day one guy too, so. He's oh, I third man. He's the third man on this podcast. Definitely. And I am very stoked that we the three of us get to hang out in the real life. Um, but his answer, um, he has soft uh soft spot for special K uh since they were fun in the early days. Um, another soft spot for sweet and sour. Um yeah, Sweeney was an ama- uh since Sweeney was amazing and made Bobby Dempsey into a huge baby face for a short time, look him up. Uh, but number one, be Generation Next launched Aries in Strong's career, and uh, they had so many great matches. So that actually does sound awesome. Yeah, let's we'll see what tomato. Um, but yeah, so Will, 
after all that, we are going over episode 50. 50, Will. 5 of Ring of Honor TV. Original air date September 1st, 2012. Um, you know, and it starts off with some quick highlights, but it starts off with uh, Jim Cornette um, burying Kenny King again. Um, but at least they finally acknowledge the fact he's not in the company. And they're going to have a tournament. Uh, but we get highlights of a very exciting match that both of us were very happy about. Uh, when CNC Wrestle Factory beat the Young Bucks in round one. But we are back at the Burns Arena in the Inner Harbor of Baltimore. But uh, one of our possible new favorites, uh, the first match of said tournament was uh, our boys, the Bravado Brothers. Yeah, they uh, they come out, they're in the ring, and uh, commentary tells us that there is a, there's a new team added to the mix. Out comes Jimmy Jacobs, Steve Carino, Mike in hand, Dog and Jim Cornette. He doesn't want him in the title match, but how can you deny the excellence of Scum? And they dropped the bomb, Tom, that if uh, if Scum loses along the way in this tournament, if they do not win the tag titles, Carino and Jacobs are out of there. So. So they, I think they're winning. I feel like they're winning this tournament because I feel like Jimmy Jacobs and Steve Carino, well, Carino I know is there later as commentator. Jimmy Jacobs is still there later on with the decade. Another yeah. decent kind of stable group. Decade, yeah. Young Adam Page. I don't know. I feel like a stipulation like that kind of seals the deal that they're. Uh... Um, well, anybody that listens to this podcast on any kind of regular basis. knows that, um, I mean, I don't mean to speak for Will, but we are, I mean, are safe to say are huge fans uh, the faction scum. But, like you said, it's pretty much fucking telegraphs. I mean, they came out, and I'm like, and they said that, I'm like, the Bravado Brothers aren't going to win this match. I was so bummed. I mean, I didn't think the Bravado Brothers were going to win regardless, but... Really? I, I I figured the Bravado Brothers were going to jump out to... Who are they supposed to... They're supposed to wrestle uh, Charlie Haas and a partner, right? Yeah. Because Rhett Titus was on the other side of the bracket against the Guardians of Truth. So I yeah, I I didn't expect uh I didn't expect Charlie Haas or uh, I didn't expect the Bravado Brothers to uh to come out on top regardless. Cause I figured if they were going with if they were going to go with the Haas and Titus having new partners, either they were both going to win or they were both going to lose. Yeah. Or you could have done it one I could have seen like Charlie Haas's team losing because of how Charlie Haas is as a partner. We'll get to that later. And uh, maybe he would have cost Rhett and whoever the match on the other side of the bracket. But oh, Bravado Brothers had, you know, they showed up. They were there. I mean, caught off being in Japan. You know, I thought I thought the the Bravados had a chance first, you know, but 
I I don't know. I just. But I mean, are you going to complain about Steve Carino, the best commentator in Ring of Honor? Did great, great mic work. Oh crap! I called him back. Um, the for Chico's his medication thing. Also, um, show while we're talking about commentators, I just want to throw a big congrats to uh, our friends in Bread Club. Had yep. a great, great chat with Kevin Kelly. Well, it's ironic because I have it in my notes also. So I just started that episode today. Finally, um. Wait. So, what you, did you think of the match? Um, other than being a little disappointed in the Bravados, uh, anything else you want to take away from the match? It's so, great how the green screen is picking this up because it takes out the photograph. So, it's just a floating Kevin Kelly. Can you see it sometimes? Mm-hmm. I know. I, I, I couldn't have done that any better. Um, but, Will, yes, that's an autographed picture to us. To us, Will. To it's us. Ring of Honor Revelry. It's our first person merchandise. I mean, depending on what my future pans out, you know, Tom, if I can't join this anymore, that, that's a you. No, no, no. I mean, you're Will. you're you're the number one. You are the, the Shining Wizards Matt of the Ring of Honor Revelry podcast. I am 1A. But anyways. Um, no, it's like they tell me at work, Tom, I'm the the fifth best seafood manager employed by On the Vine. There's only two of them. Technically, there's only one because the other one is the meat and seafood. I'm just, I'm the only one. Anyways. I mean, anyway. You are, I mean, I'm going to keep mentioning, you are an Oakland nominated. Oh, this isn't for me. I don't know. The people love me. That they do. Um, you know what else people love, Tom? Scum. And they advance in this tournament, but there's post match shenanigans. Yeah, well, we could go over the match real quick. Will. I mean, if you want, I mean, um, I feel like the, the most important stuff happened on the mic on the way up to the match. Yeah, not to bury the Bravado brothers. It's it's cool to see them. They haven't been on TV in a while, and they've been winning. When they have been on TV, so I mean, they beat Elgin and Strong. Beat Elgin and Strong. They beat. Uh, they beat the Bucks. Yeah. Um. You know, and they're putting over the fact that they uh, um, went to Japan and they were doing really well over there. So, um, but will we are forgetting the fact that Truth Martini was also on the call in this match. He was. I realized that like part way through. Um. Yeah, Truth Martini really kind of, I mean, I mean, I don't, don't want to take away from the match, but I mean, make a long story short, you know, Truth Martini is just, he's he's sticking with the fact that there's no problems with uh with House of Truth and the Cornets made a deal with the devil. Um, you know, and that Rhino split open Edward's ribs and no one's ever going to survive the gore, so, um. Yeah, I mean, in the match, I mean, Scum really did take it to, to the Bravado Brothers, and they did not give as much offense in as I would have liked, you know. Um, but they need to have that if the story you're telling is that Scum is they're the bane of the boss's existence, but they are the best. Yeah. They've got, they're, they're that team where, you know, if 
Scum wasn't the hot team, they'd probably be like, you know, whatever. But right now, Scum's hot. Yeah. Um, and Scum's well, going to be hot for a while. Yeah. Um, but we did get a brief commercial for Death Before Dishonor. Um, we did, because they went to... Was yeah. that was the Death Before Dishonor commercial before the run-in at the end? Yeah, it was, it was during the match. Okay. Um, I, I missed that in the notes, so I apologize. Um, no, yeah, it's Adam Cole, babyface. I mean, I'll get into it a little bit. Um, it's tough to take him as a face because he's so goddamn good as a heel later on in life. It, it's tough to take him as anything because right now he seems like he's 12 years old. And it's very scripted. Adam Cole here, your Ring of Honor TV champion. Yeah, he's definitely kind of hitting his points, but um, but uh, with all that, I mean, you know, it was a decent match, but uh, end of the match, you know, um, it picked up towards the end, lots of false finishes, um, creative ways to get a hold by, um, you know, Jimmy Jacobs is a real fucking genius in the ring, and the guy's not fucking huge, but he'll hit moves out of nowhere, um, but yeah, and then uh. Um, Carino goes to the uh the lariat while Lancelot's laying on the ground, but he does a double arm pin. Uh, but then Carino gets the win with a fisherman suplex, which I just thought was really odd after all the weird false finishes. Um, so the beginning of the match was all right. The end was good, or the end was good. The ending was weird, but um, but yeah, Will, you're very excited to talk about uh the end of this match. I mean, the best tag team in this tournament. Guardians of Truth hit the ring and they start putting the beat down on Scum. Because as we know, Kevin Steen faces Rhino at Death Death Before Dishonor. And uh, who comes to the aid of Scum, Will? Well, Team Captain Kevin Steen. Yeah. And uh, how did that end up for him? Uh, Ended with a gore, 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 gore. Um, yeah, it wasn't quite as good as the one he gave Eddie Edwards, but he got all of it. Um, and it was cool because he kind of came out of nowhere, literally. Like, I mean, obviously he ran to the ring, but, um, you know, so Will, I mean, the question is, was this Truth Martini's plan all all along? I don't know, Tom, but I think we can talk about it after this break. We could. So... High fivers. Uh, we're going to do a quick promo here from inside the Ring of Honor, but uh, we'll see everybody in about uh, 15 seconds. The Tag Team Championship Tournament continues. Adam Cole faces stiff challenges for the TV title. And the Man Beast is hungry, not only for Kevin Steen's belt, but his blood as well. That's tonight, Inside Ring of Honor. Last week, No Fear Mike Mondo shocked everyone with his victory over the prodigy Mike Bennett in the six-man mayhem match to earn a shot at the world TV title in Chicago, September 15th at Death Before Dishonor 10, State of Emergency. But to make it to Chicago, Current champion Adam Cole must first defend against unbreakable Michael Elgin next week on TV. Cole is confident, but cautious. 
Mike Mondo, last week on Ring of Honor Television, you shocked the world. You won the six-man mayhem match to earn a right at this Ring of Honor World Television Championship on pay-per-view in Chicago. But now me being a champion, I have a target on my back at all times. And next week here on Ring of Honor Television, I'm facing unbreakable Michael Elgin. Now, Michael, the last time me and you faced each other, it was at Border Wars in Toronto, and you beat me. You were the better man that night. But since then, I've learned a lot. I've gained a lot of experience and a little bit of weight, too. So the next time we meet here on Ring of Honor Television, you're going to have to kill me to take this championship away from me. And when I retain this title and go on to face Mike Mondo in Chicago on pay-per-view, Mike, there's a lot about you that I respect. You institute a lot of principles that I believe in. No rest, no mercy, and no fear. That's what's going to make you a great opponent. But if you think for one second the years and dedication that I put into this sport and to Ring of Honor to be the very best, more specifically to hold this Ring of Honor World Television Championship, you are dead wrong. I look forward to the challenge that you will bring to me, Mike Mondo, in Chicago, but I can promise you with every fiber in my being, I will walk away the champion. Meanwhile, the main event for Chicago is set as well. As Truth Martini's mercenary, the Man Beast Rhino, is set to challenge Kevin Steen for the Ring of Honor World Championship, and the Man Beast promises mayhem and violence. Truth Martini promised Jim Cornette a solution to the Kevin Steen problem. See, that's where I come in. Kevin Steen, I get a lot. I get paid a lot of money to take people out, and that's what I'm going to do to you in Chicago. I'm going to take you out. I'm going to make you bleed. I'm going to make you wish you were never born. You will curse your own mother for giving birth to you. And if I had any compassion, I'd feel sorry for you. That's exactly what the people of Chicago and around the world that will be watching will be feeling compassion and they will be feeling sorry for you because i know what i'm capable of doing and i will leave you lying in chicago in a puddle of your own body standing over you the new ring of honor world champion world champion gore 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 Chicago will also see the semifinals and finals of the tournament for the World Tag Team Championship. Last week, Coleman and Alexander defeated the Young Bucks for the first semifinal berth. Earlier tonight, the surprise team of Steve Carino and Jimmy Jacobs advanced over the Bravado Brothers. And remember, for Carino and Jacobs, it's win or go home. They have said they will win the tournament or leave Ring of Honor. Later tonight, the odd couple of Charlie Haas and Rhett Titus face the Guardians of Truth. And next week, it's the Briscoe Brothers versus Blackout for the last semifinal spot. Next week on TV, you got the Briscoes in the tag team title tournament versus the wildcard team. Blackout. The wildcard team? Or they might be the Ace of Spades. Maybe the two of clubs. The five of diamonds. I don't think we play the same game, Chicky. But either way, after next week on TV, Blackout, your bitches might well be called Black and Blue or Blacked Out with an ED on that bitch because we're going to whoop your ass then we're going to Chicago to take them straps. Six of diamonds. What the hell, Chucky? It all takes place September 15th at the Frontier Fieldhouse in Chicago Ridge, Illinois. But if you can't be there live, you can see it live as it happens anywhere in the world with Internet access. Just go to ROHwrestling.com for all the information. Next week here on television, the final.
All right, high fivers. I hope you enjoyed that promo. Sorry, Will and I got a little off track talking about singing mushrooms and black holes, megalodons and oranges. Listen, you're you're glossing over the, the main event, which was that the, the olive the but the olive debate <laughs> came up again. Well, high fivers, I recently discovered that Will does not like capers. Also, not as big of a fan, you know. I I would say. We could coexist like a makeshift tag team. Me and Olives, though, can't. Ha- it's it's it just isn't gonna happen. Would would we coexist like Red Titus and Charlie Haas? Or I mean, they uh, you know, they uh, did you hear that? They did something. What? No, he didn't. Shit, that's so weird. What am I talking into in this thing? It sounded like Faith started to say something and then like cut off. So when you asked, "Did I hear that?" I thought like you meant like something like fell over. No, she was playing the, the singing mushrooms again. So, but high fivers, if you want to hear more of that content, you have to subscribe to our Patreon, where we give you money to listen to our show. This does not sound like a good business model. <laughs> so we don't have a Patreon. I'm just being funny. Um, but Will, let's get back on track here. Sorry, high fivers. Um, this is just yeah, Steen. Uh, Steen gets laid out by the gore. Yeah, house of, house of truth. At this point of the show, standing tall. Yeah. Do they stand tall at the end of the episode? We'll get there. But first, we have an early edition of Inside Ring of Honor. We do. Um, and like we talked about earlier, um, Adam Cole doing another face promo, and uh, you know, he talks about Mike Mondo, who he's facing because he got a big win, um, you know, in the six man thing. So he's facing Adam Cole for that TV title. First, he's got to go through Michael Elgin next week, which will not not an easy call, no. And uh, I don't know if it's for the title or not, but Adam Cole also has a match. Against Kyle O'Reilly at Cage Hostility. Really? So I fivers looking forward to that review in a couple weeks. Um, but Will, I've got a really, really big important question here for you. All right. I even wrote this down. Actually, I typed it down. But has that TV belt always been that ugly? I mean, uh, I've never really paid attention because I mean the TV title for I mean a solid chunk of our program wasn't actually on. TV, TV, which so I've never, I've never paid a whole lot of attention to it. So it's ugly. Um, but we do get, uh, but you know, Adam Cole kind of flips Mindo's feet on him, so he's gonna show no fear, blah 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 blah. So, um, Adam Cole, your promos will get better, I swear. All right, and awesome, my laptop died, but Will, you want to tell everybody about the the Rhino promo? Uh, sure. So I, of course, took notes on this, and I'm not filibustering at all. I mean, you you get this, you get the same. I it's it's the same promo that we've already heard. Rhino is gonna come in death before dishonor. He's gonna gore, gore, gore. Kevin Steen. He just gore, gore, gored him like two minutes ago. Tom will fill in the rest. He's he's. I did have to chuckle because in this promo, as a high fiver just heard, 
Um, he did mention that he's going to leave Kevin Steen in a pile of his own shit. Um, I thought that was kind of funny. Obviously, they had to blurt out the word shit, but Detroit sponsors wouldn't like that. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, the um, oh, the TV people. What do they keep calling them? Well, I don't know. The investors meeting. So, yeah, the sponsors, the investors. Um, Kevin Steen's best friends. Yeah. So, and my uh, my my laptop crashed with all my notes on it. So, uh, but next, will I believe we have a a Jay Lethal mat or promo? No, it was a match. Well, it was a match. Well, we had a uh, we have Matt Taven. We do come it, comes out to the ring. You haven't seen Matt Taven in a while, and he's got a match against Jay Lethal. Um, they did a. Did they do like a little video package? Didn't they do a little video package about the Jay Lethal and the, the TV title, right? Uh, well, just Jay Lethal in general. Jay yeah. Lethal in general. So, you know, fan favorite Jay Lethal comes out. He's got a mic. He's like, you know, Jim Cornette's saying he's looking high and low for challengers for the, the heavyweight championship. So I'm sitting here asking, maybe you are too, where's... Where's Jay Lethal's title shot? And he says, Jim Horner says, you're a better athlete than Kevin Steen. You're a better wrestler than Kevin Steen. But you can't beat Kevin Steen. Yeah. Because you're too nice. You don't have that edge. You don't have the killer instinct. So in a situation where it's a, the, the baby face, Jay Lethal... Facing down scum. There's no way Jay Lethal can win. No, not with being as nice as he is. So, um, yeah. And now uh, he cut that promo, you know, before the match. And then uh, what happened? Uh, what happened after that, Will? Well, this is giving me some kind of mixed messages. I mean, Jay Lethal followed the code of honor by shaking Matt Taven's hand. He also kicked him in the balls. So, match ends. Disqualification. This match is over before it really gets started. And then after that, hits the referee with a lethal combination. Yeah. And we... Listen, he was at cage hostility seven days after this. He should be suspended for, like, however long or whatever, because he attacked a referee. Maybe there is a conspiracy against Kevin Steen and Shelton Benjamin. Maybe Jim Cornette just isn't as good at this job as he says he is. Yeah. Um. So nice seeing you, Matt Taven. Thanks. Thanks for uh. Thanks for coming. Thanks for flying up to Baltimore just to uh get kicked in the nards and then uh be sent home. Yeah. Well, uh, my uh, program with all my notes on me just passed, so this is awesome. All right, I'll keep us going then. So, I just want to say, probably my favorite Jay Lethal match we've seen so far. I didn't overstay its welcome. <laughs> In and out, all for it. We get to our TV main event. We have another qualifying match for our tag team title tournament. 
We got the the Guardians of Truth. You know, Vegas odds say Guardians of Truth gotta be big winners. Um, also, we forgot to mention in the scuffle after the opening belt, uh, Steen was trying to get the masks off Guardians of Truth. Uh, but, but they get to the ring. Oh, okay. And they always have more masks. Well, um, they do eventually get unmasked, but it did not happen tonight. Did it? Uh, according to the the Wikipedia research I did, when yeah. this team was first introduced, they do. All right, they, uh, they made a point that Steen and Jacobs were trying to get the masks off the Guardians of Truth so they would know who they're, who well, they're wrestling. Well, Truth Martini was sitting on the turnbuckle and he had in front of him and he pulled off their masks and he psyched everybody out. Yeah, because they do the bit where they like pull the mask off and there's the other mask underneath. Yeah, loved it. I cracked me up. I mean, I, I know it's, you know. So we got uh, the shoe wins to win this tournament, Guardians of Truth, against the makeshift team. They're not coming out together. Separate entrances. We got Rhett Titus comes out. And the outlaw Charlie Haas, and uh, Haas not interested in uh, sharing the ring with Rhett Titus. Well, and in fact, he uh, he gets Rhett to do one of those looky over there's so at somebody in the crowd, and uh, Haas shoves him out of the ring. Hilarious because Haas doesn't even he says he's not even gonna bother tagging in Rhett Titus, yeah. He doesn't need Rhett Titus. Hilarious, Will. Um, Can they coexist? They can't even decide who's going to start on. It's going to be a. It's going to be an interesting match them against. Uh, oh, spoiler! They win. Um, who would have thought the Guardians of Truth didn't win? But Haas and uh, Rhett Titus are going to have to go through CNC Wrestle Factory. Yeah. Um, no, they, no face, they, they face the winner of the Briscoes versus. Oh, I, we forgot to mention that on Inside. Oh, that's Orange. right. They're on the. They're on the other side of the bracket. That's right. So they face uh, Black, the winner of Blackout or the Briscoes. So um, they're they're facing the Briscoes. And I forgot to mention that the Briscoes speak you. Um, great promo on Inside Ring of Honor. Um, picking on Blacked Out, you know, or you know, or, or that's a, and ED in that, and then uh. Briscoe said someone needs the spades, and then uh, Mark's like, maybe they're the five of diamonds randomly. Um, uh, but ironically enough, at the end of the promo, Jay Briscoe screws it up and says six of diamonds. So, um, hilarious, hilarity ensued. Uh, but yeah, this match was, I mean, was decent. Uh, obviously, the story of the match was wrecked Titus pretty much. I mean, Charlie Haas started off, um, showing why he's Charlie Haas. He's just throwing these big dudes around. Um, Rhett gets a reluctant tag, but Rhett's in the match. He's in the match for the rest of the time. Yeah. The the ending is a little... I mean, a lot of these Guardians of Truth matches have ended kind of like kind of odd sort of ways. So Rhett Titus picks up the one with with a jackknife cover. The House of Truth is going for some tandem offense. Haas did run interference and Rhett Titus was able to escape the clutches of whichever guardian 
of Truth was holding on to them. And they get the three, so Haas and Titus do advance. But the the animosity continues even when it comes to getting their hands raised. Yeah, because uh, Haas yeah. is front and center, has the ref raise his hand, shoves Rhett to get out of the ring. And they do leave the ring because entering the ring is scum. Yeah. Payback time. <laughs> But anything from the match that you uh, that you wanted to point out, Tom? Anything that kind of jumped out at you uh, that we did not mention? Damn stupid computer! See, if you don't take notes, you don't have this problem. <laughs> um, actually, there is a funny there is a funny moment when I listen. You know, they're they're going well. Obviously, Guardians of Truth they don't have to take in. So anytime Todd Sinclair turned his back, the other one jumped in. Um, they, they they definitely abuse that twin magic angle a lot, um, but they're going for a, a double te- you know a double team uh, maneuver and they oh, kept, like the one they missed. Well, no, the one where they're like they're going for their finisher and and Kevin Kelly's like, well, I think that's their finisher because they haven't won any matches yet, so no one knows what their finisher is. But for Charlie Hot, well, Charlie Haas interfered, so. There was that move they, oh shit, they, they, they didn't, I wouldn't say they hit it, but like they clipped it and it's like, oh, it's, it's not good. Yeah. Um, it's not good. The Guardians of Truth are not good. You know, I mean, they're, they're I mean, they are getting better compared to that first match, but I mean, they wrestle. With knowing who they are and knowing they can wrestle. Can they? I mean, I wasn't watching during their stints in uh, other companies. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, how are they so clunky? Yeah. Well, I mean, but I mean, we do have to consider the fact they are wearing masks with absolutely no. Holes. I mean, yeah, but it might as well be a set of pantyhose. I mean, people used to rob banks in that shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, so Rhett and uh, Charlie Haas, like Will said, they do get the win, you know, and Charlie Haas does take the lion's share of, of the victory celebration, even though Rhett did all the work. Um, but, yeah, but, uh, Will, well, what happens after that? Scum comes out. And uh, spills out. And the chaos ensues. It happens. Um, but I don't know if you noticed, so Rhett actually almost jumped in to, you know, to interfere. Because obviously he's got hate with scum. But Charlie Haas kind of stopped him, and he kind of went with Charlie. So interesting development there. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, you know, one of those things where it's also probably like that he really has nothing to gain by getting involved in this. I mean, if if anything, maybe the guys of truth can uh, beat up on Scum a bit. Because remember, Scum's got a lot on the line for this tournament. Yeah. If they, if they lose anything, they're out of Ring of Honor. Well, 
with with that being said though, Will, the funny thing is they didn't beat up the team that won. No, they're beating it. the the feud for the world title is bigger to them obviously than the and you know it's it's also the payback thing. Like they they were gonna come out again because Scum's gotta stand tall. You know, but I mean for a team that's I mean they're struggling for their careers. You know, it was interesting. It's classic cornet booking. Um, oh, damn. I mean, is there any way they cannot win that title? I mean, they could. Because, I mean, I, the problem like, my assumption is no. Because I've seen them later. But there's no reason they couldn't be gone for a while. Yeah, and they come back a couple years later, or weeks, or weeks. You know, it could be, could be, uh, like you know, when Ric Flair put his career on the line, he was gone for like two weeks. So, yeah, I just you know maybe they're gonna swerve us. I don't know. I guess, I guess we'll see. So, and like I mean, obviously everyone knows we love Scum. You know, we are fans of. I mean, I could listen to Steve Greeno promos all day. Um, and that reminds me, I gotta tell you something. I don't know if you checked out the Discord today or not or anything, but um, but yeah, but Will, um, you know, around this time before we pull this train into the station, we always ask at this time, Will, that this is your first episode of Ring of Honor TV, would you be intrigued? Yeah, this was a this was a well put together episode. It gave us, it technically gave us three matches, even though the Jay Lee one was kind of quick, but you know, it, it got the story across. Yeah. And then, you know, we kind of had that nice kind of symmetry how the show opened, how the show ends. And we are two weeks, right? Two weeks from uh, Death of War Dishonor, Chicago Ridge. Yeah. Which we'll be reviewing in three weeks, but yeah. So, yeah, we got to finish dotting those eyes and crossing those T's for uh, Death Before Dishonor. Yeah. They, they haven't talked about cage hostility that much. No, it's kind of weird, you know, because, I mean, speaking it's of so stuff, funny with how much they talk about, like, Showdown in the Sun and, like, stuff like that. I mean, they'll talk about cage hostility in, like, November when they're selling DVDs. Um, yeah. ROHwrestling.com, but... baby. But speaking of uh, ROHwrestling.com, I know this is nitpicking, and I know I bring this up every fucking week, but I'm sorry, Border Wars. Great show. Really enjoyed it. It is not the largest wrestling show in Toronto history. You could say largest Ring of Honor wrestling show in Toronto, but I mean, there was this Hulk Hogan Ultimate Warrior match. I know, Will, that was before you were born, but I'm sure you know about the Ultimate Challenge. Um, and I know it's half met. Well, no, you were. Oh, yeah, no, you're probably like 10. But I mean, the Hulk and you know, Hulk Hogan and The Rock. I saw the uh, Hulk Hogan, I was at like No Way Out, like 2002, 2000, no, 2003, 2004, something like that. Yeah, great match. That was in uh, Montreal. So, I mean. You know, Ring of Honor Wrestling Team, you know, get gets get off Border Wars and you know, hopefully they start peddling cage hostility DVDs. Well and they 
and they put the name on it. So there's like it's Border Wars hostage situation or whatever. It's like they never called it that at all during the lead up to this show. Yeah, all of a sudden it's popped up. So, but you gotta you gotta make it sellable on the DVD because you usually like, oh, Border Wars. Yeah, so, Border Wars hostage situation. It's like, all right. Well, um, for me, like I said, I I don't think it would have had me permanently hooked on Ring of Honor, but I definitely would have probably tuned in next week to see where it's going. You know, so I mean, we we've stayed we stayed pretty steady. You know, I understand yeah. it, but I mean, you know, the lows didn't dip like fight in February. You know, so yeah, Feb, Feb, they they've been it's been good. Knock on wood, it's been good. So yeah. hopefully this continues with our coverage of episode fifty one next week. Yeah. So and then uh, two weeks after that, we'll be doing the two in caged hostility. Just the way the dates kind of work out, and the fact that Tom's kind of busy. Um, even if Will gets good news, we'll uh, he's not going anywhere, whether he likes it or not. So you know, so. Uh, other than that, Will, I know you've had a couple people you put over earlier, but uh, you got any more shout-outs for everybody? No, buy some books. Buy some wrestling t-shirts. Pro Wrestling Tees has a sale. Uh, you get free shipping if you spend 150 bucks, so that's like three t-shirts. So, support your favorite wrestlers, favorite shows. Yeah. We don't have t-shirts up there yet, but you know, if we did buy it by a Ring of Honor Revelry shirt. Yeah, and I've I've got, you know, um design ideas. So if anybody is good at these kind of things, set a brother up. Um, I've got ideas. So you know, let me know. And also don't forget October twenty eighth, uh Will and I and Brundon and uh Bull Club Rob. And I know the turnbuckle, the takeover club, and Phil, uh, the impact player, all gonna be in the building. But you see us if anyone's there, if any of the high fires are going to that show, uh, stop by and say hi. That's the New Japan show, Rumble on 44th Street, New Japan and Stardom show, and Stardom because there's going to be the inaugural, we're working towards the inaugural, uh, IWGP Women's Heavyweight Champion. Um, yeah, you know, so I've got some stardom matches for my uh, my good friends, JCB. Over band from ringside, my boy Brett from the Brain Buster Boys. So, got a got a couple weeks or a couple months to figure out uh, stardom here. So, well, high fibers. Um, we're gonna pull this train to the station, but thank you so much. Uh, thank you to my favorite podcast host, uh, Will. A lot of fun. I always appreciate it. Uh, high fibers. Let's get everybody to sleep.